Awesome. We'll give the band an opportunity to take their seat. Good morning to you all. I'm Nate, and I'm excited this morning to bring you this message. And we've already experienced God's Spirit uh, meeting us in this space. And what's, what's wonderful about that is that uh, God is so much more knowledgeable and so much more prepared and so much more on point than what we would be able to schedule. And so uh, my, my invitation as we step into this last part of our time together is that we would continue to be attentive to God's spirit. And so uh, let, me, let me just pray and then we'll jump in. So Father, I invite your spirit to do what you want to do and continue to do what you're doing. And so that healing, uh, that healing that you're bringing, uh, may it come in fullness. Uh, the hope that you're bringing, may it overcome the despair. And the joy that you're bringing, may it not be refused, but may it be received as just feeling unfamiliar. And so we have open hands this morning. And we're excited to receive from you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So, Christmas is coming. I wore this shirt yesterday morning when we decorated the church for uh, the holiday, and I got a ton of appreciation for it, so I slept in it. And then I was gonna wear an untucked um, plaid shirt like our last series, but it didn't fit very well, so. You just got the Merry Christmas this morning. The plaid shirt is hanging in the back. But Christmas is coming, and I'm super excited. And yesterday I got super excited while we were here. Um, there was something very interesting about having Community Cafe and decorating for the holidays and a mobile shower unit going all at the same time. There was something about that that was beautiful, so you should give your church a hand, uh, an applause. And I say that because um, of where my talk is going to go this morning. So over the years, um, I have a fun game that I play with myself. Um, it has to do with Christmas carols. And while I have the Christmas carols playing, what I like to do is I like to break down every phrase. And I like to try and intently listen to the actual words that are written. And... Oftentimes, it will send me into a very different uh, mental space. So uh, one, I, one example of this um, is the holiday carol called Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. It's uh, Burl Ives sings it. Uh, but the author, when writing it, I think had, had some interesting content. It says, have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Good so far, right? Everyone's on board with that, right? We love it. Then it says, oh, ho, the mistletoe, hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you. 
Kiss her once for me. Kiss her once for me. That's a weird statement. That's a really weird statement, unless, you, unless the person at the mistletoe is like your daughter, and you're talking to your son-in-law. That's, the context for that is really weird. So this person has been waiting under a mistletoe for whomever it is that they long to kiss them, and somehow you, you've placed yourself in that situation <laughs> as a third party. Hey, while you're there, I'll plant one on her for me, too. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a really weird Christmas carol, if you ask me. Last year, I talked about uh, a phrase from the carol, God rest you, merry gentlemen. I don't know if you remember that. But I talked about the phrase where the writer says, let nothing you dismay. And I talked about how dismissive and how minimizing that statement can feel when you are in the holiday season and you are overcome with depression. And you, as you reflect on the last year, it brings desperation. And it feels like a heavy load on you. And then the carol says, God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. And you're saying, well, what am I supposed to do with all of the things that cause me to dismay? Well, this year I wanted to take a look at a beloved classic, and so we sang it this morning, and it's called Joy to the World. And so in the opening lines to this song, it says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Let every heart prepare him room. As I was dissecting this line, I realized that for all years prior to this year, I thought the him was referencing the person who was to be preparing the heart. Let every heart prepare him room. Why? Because I'm a man. And so I read that as, oh, I'm so preparing my room. And what I ended up seeing is that prepare him room means all of us should be preparing room for the him, the him of the song, which is Jesus. Let every heart prepare him room. Not mind-boggling for many of you, but for me it was like, how have I been reading and singing this song wrong for 42 years or however long it is? It was fascinating to me. And so this morning, I just wanted to share with you uh, how, how, how this is a practice for me in Advent, how this is a practice for me leading up to Christmas Day, that I actually think that there's a, an invitation for each of us um, to be able to mine for gold with God as we prepare in the weeks leading up to Christmas, which we call Advent. So a number of years ago, I was having coffee with my uh, counselor, and he gave me this little uh, blue book while we were out. And the book is entitled Preparing for Christmas with Richard Rohr. Anyone familiar with Richard Rohr? Okay, so Rohr is a Franciscan priest. And this book is actually um, a conference that he gave. 
And those who were in attendance to the conference were like, that was amazing. You should make a book out of it. And out of his humility, he made a book out of it. And we can have it today. And he gave us all of the, all of the good stuff that blew everyone away. But what was interesting is that the book was given to me by somebody whose um, sincerity and depth I admire. To, to the point that I go to him for counsel. And so when he passed on a book and said, hey, this, this actually changed my Advent practice, I was all ears, and all, or all eyes, because that's what it took to read the book. And as I was going through it, I started to realize that it was actually affecting me differently and causing me to see Advent and the preparation for Christmas with different eyes. So of, of the, the conference, Rohr said, I felt that the need on this earth for a mature Christianity and the actual message of Jesus was so urgent that we could not allow the great feast of Christmas and its preparation called Advent to be watered down in any way. He said, it is time to invite people beyond a merely sentimental understanding of Christmas as waiting for the baby Jesus, to invite them into an adult and a social appreciation of the message of the incarnation of God in Christ Jesus. And then he said, we Franciscans, so he's a Franciscan priest, he said, we Franciscans have always believed that the incarnation was already the redemption. Because in Jesus' birth, God was already saying that it was good to be human and that God was on our side. That is gold. You should reread that. It's underlined in mine. We Franciscans have always believed that the incarnation, the wrapping of flesh, God incarnate, God in the manger, God taking on human form and moving into our neighborhood. That's the incarnation. We always believed that the incarnation was already the redemption because in Jesus' birth, God was already saying that it was good to be human and that God was on our side. So this morning, I'm not sure who all needs to hear that and for what reason. I'm sure it's a continuum. But for me, it's a powerful statement that it is good to be human. Why? Because I, th I think for most of us, our emotions, our suffering, the weight that we carry for the world would cause us to answer that question perhaps differently, that it was not good to be human. And yet we, we, we don't see God shutting down the whole story. Instead, we see God wrapping himself in flesh and coming and dwelling among us. And so in that, we see that God says that it is good to be human. And then the statement that God is on our side, so many running narratives for us in this room, 
that we could say, and that seems to be in question, that God was on our side. Especially as we move out from our world into the full globe. So this morning, I needed to be reminded of those truths that it's good to be human and that God is on our side. And I pray this morning that it meets you where you are. So Advent is these weeks that lead up to Christmas, and we'll celebrate, we'll light a candle each week, and it'll have this momentum, and it's a wonderful tradition. And the goal of it is to be, begin preparing, practicing preparing for the arrival of Jesus. And what I've learned from this little book, Preparing for Christmas, and what was corrective for me was that Advent is not supposed to be a season of passive waiting. Passive waiting is like what Jess talked about, being at the Secretary of State. That's passive waiting, where you're, you'll do anything in there to distract yourself. Right? You're, you're literally waiting for someone to say a sequence of numbers <laughs> that holds all the meaning for you. There's nothing more absolutely mindless than waiting at the Secretary of State. Advent is not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that we're waiting for the number 24, and when number 24 is called, we get to open a stocking and have a family dinner, and now the celebration starts. No, Advent is supposed to be an active waiting. Advent is supposed to be more like the waiting in pregnancy. With the impending arrival of a baby to a home, whether that's a, whether that's a bio kid or an adopted kid or a fostered kid, there's, there's a sense of waiting that is active with preparation and you're getting things set and you're making the space just right and you want it to communicate welcome and warmth and invitation. And for the one that's delivering that baby, their active waiting intensifies as that day comes. It intensifies and it becomes laborious. We actually call it labor. And with each contraction that happens, there's this building sense of expectation and wonder and possibility. And who here has ever described the weeks leading up to Christmas that way? <laughs> right? Uh, overscheduled, uh, disappointing a lot of people, can't afford the gifts the kids want, and now it's the 24th, and I, you know, great. Merry Christmas. And don't wake me up in the morning until 10.30, set an alarm, right? Who describes the week leading up to Christmas as expectation that is filled with wonder and possibility? This, this is, we're missing it. We're missing out on this. And I missed out on it for a long time. Advent is to be, oh, the possibilities, oh, the wonder, oh, the expectation. What happens when Jesus arrives? What could happen when Jesus arrives? What could happen when Jesus arrives to our house, to our family, to our neighborhood? With a carol, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. 
Let every heart prepare him room. We do ourselves a disservice when we think that we're simply remembering during Advent. We do ourselves a disservice when we think that we are simply remembering during Advent. If we limit our participation in Advent to merely recalling a story that happened long ago, then the arrival of Jesus into this world is nothing more than studying a world history textbook. It's something that happened then that we read about now. But this is not the story. The incarnation, God wrapped in flesh, it's not a tale of old. Instead, it's to be an everyday occurrence for those of us whose hearts have prepared him room. Rohr pointed out, Advent is God wrapping up in flesh and saying that it's good to be human and that God is on our side. And that is for right now. That is for right now. Advent is a statement of God's present arrival. Now, here, in this space, in this time, God's present arrival. And so we pray um, in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that daily because the kingdom is looking to break in to our lives and to our neighborhoods on the daily. I thought it was interesting in the book, one of the statements that Rohr says is that we've, Jesus identified his own message with what he called the coming of the reign of God or the kingdom of God, whereas we have settled for the sweet arrival of a baby who has, who has asked very little of us. That's heavy. And then he says, what of surrender? What about encounter? What about mutuality? The suffering, injustice, and the devastation of this planet are too great now for us to settle for an infant in a manger. So this morning I believe that God desires to reconcile the whole world and that God's plan is to reconcile the whole world through us and that the first step of that is that God wants to reconcile us unto himself. Preparing him room is inviting his kingdom and his reign and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and to ask for that to start right here, right here. Lord Jesus, let your kingdom reign right here first. Let your will be done right here first. Let your rule come over this disloyal heart first. And so as Advent begins, I want you to consider how will you prepare him room
For me, this book was helpful. I'm four years into it. I have three suggestions for you to consider. And you can personalize them in however way makes sense for you. But here are my three suggestions as we go into these next four weeks leading up to Christmas. The first one is to do less. Do less stuff. I'm giving you permission to cancel something. I'm giving you permission to schedule something and then cancel it. Okay? If they have a problem, have them come talk to me. I'm, I'm sorry, but I had a conversation with a friend who is in turmoil because Christmas Eve has a tradition connected to it that is draining for him and his whole family. And I was like, why do you continue to do it then? Well, because it's the tradition. And I, so the tradition is that you become exhausted and defensive every Christmas Eve so that you can wake up and have a drink first thing Christmas morning. Is that what's happening? Like, I, I'll give you permission. Cancel that. Cancel that. And if they're all mad, then give them my email. Uh, it's do not email Nate at genesisthechurch.com. <laughs> so... I'm being serious though. Put something in your calendar and cancel it because you will then have a window of time that you go, oh, what do I do with this? And my encouragement to you is to do nothing. Do nothing with it. Do nothing. Prepare him room with that time. Prepare him room. My second suggestion is this, is to give more. Right? Give more. I want you to give more of yourself. I want you to give more of yourself. So I'm not talking about writing checks. I'm not talking about bringing tons of underwear in. I'm not talking about the ways that we would say, oh, this is how I'll give more. I'm saying of this right here, if there's no rule and there's no reign and there's no will of God that is actually over it, give more of this. When you have that surprise window that you scheduled something in and then you canceled it, prepare him room and invite him in to this deep place of your heart. Now, for me, this has been wonderful. It may not work for you. Maybe it's music, maybe it's walking in the crisp snow somewhere. Maybe it's sitting by a fire. I don't know what it is for you to Create an environment where you can be intimate with God. But that's my encouragement. And in that space, give more of yourself to God. Practice surrendering to Jesus. I'm holding on to this and now I'll give it up. I'm holding on to this and now I'll let it go. Practice surrendering, surrendering to Jesus. And then the last one is this. My last suggestion is to expect something. And there's so much expectation around Christmas. Sometimes those are good expectations about a gift that you might get. Sometimes the expectation is that this meal's gonna go badly because every year in the past it has gone badly and now we're trying to impeach Trump, right? Like, what is that family gathering gonna be like for you? <laughs> I already know what it's like for me. I got a taste of it last week, right? It was unfamiliar. 
is the word that I will use. But what if something else could happen, right? The first advent was this expectation that something miraculous was about to happen. And there were angels involved. And there was prophecies involved. And there was a virgin conception involved. Like, the miraculous has been a part of this story from the beginning. What if the miraculous is waiting to break into your story this advent? Do you have any expectation of that? Or is it kind of like, I go in blind and I schedule it out and then boom, 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 we're at Christmas Eve and it's the candlelight service and this is the most beautiful service we do every year. And it's like, you've missed everything. You've missed everything along the way. Could we expect something miraculous? Could we set our hearts and actually raise our hopes and raise our prayers and raise our possibilities? Could we increase our belief that God is on our side? And could we ask for the impossible as we go into Advent and say, Lord, would you make your Advent here? Make your Advent here. Preparing him room is inviting his kingdom and his reign and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And my prayer is that as a community, we would ask God to start that with each one of us first, right here. So would you pray with me? So Spirit, we invite you to uh, highlight and to empower and to receive and to fill and to generate or regenerate or reclaim or re-inspire. We invite you to uh, infuse us with hope and possibility around the things that we've written off as being mundane or as being hurtful. Lord, uh, as the enemy even comes at us to remind us of how things have failed in the past, would your spirit just um, take and infiltrate your truth into those memories? And I ask that for our whole church. I ask that for our whole church, Lord, that you would meet us in our hearts. As we, as we prepare room for you, that we would be surprised and that we would be different and we would experience transformation in our lives. And then that would move out into our community, into our families, into our houses and our networks, our neighborhoods. And so, Lord, I ask that you would uh, breathe your breath upon this family and may we experience the impossible as we step into Advent. And I just pray in Christ's name and in his authority, amen. So we have a fun way to practice Advent. I think Nikki's here. And Nikki is gonna tell us about our Advent practice and then she's gonna release us this morning. And so thank you, Nikki, for putting this together for us. Of course. Hi, family. 
Um, so, as every year, Trader Joe's, Nate is usually there before uh, anyone else, and he buys advent calendars. And I go ahead and put an advent calendar on the back of it. So, it's a simple way to engage, to be active, to be intentional, um, and to be part of Advent. The thing about this season is everybody knows the reason for it, so Jesus is easy to bring into a conversation. It's easier to give people direct eye contact, wish them a good day, so on and so forth. So I invite you to participate. Invite somebody to join you your neighbor, a coworker, your teenage kids. That's what I'll be doing. Um, and this is a simple way to do it. It has the story that goes along with it and an activity for you to do. Very simple. Do every single day if you want to. If you don't hit every single day, it's all right. Totally fine. Um, but keep showing up. So my challenge to you as we have spent the last few weeks looking at our gifts and our passions, I challenge you to see how this works. If you haven't stepped into the things you've learned about yourself, use this. Like for me, um, my gifts is I'm an encourager, so I'm going to encourage you. And then my second gift is I'm really good at admin. <laughs> I'm good at putting stuff together. I'm good at doing the work and then handing it to you and saying, go ahead, execute it. I put all the pieces together. And then I'm a teacher and an evangelist. So I'm teaching you how to do this, and it's really good, and it is a beautiful, joyful season. And so I believe in this in the Advent season, so of course I'm going to tell you to do it, and you should, right? So in my passion, families. Whoever, you whoever your family is, whether they live with you, whether you work with them, whether they have been family just through showing up. Um, family, passion, this can take part. Um, I also love teenagers. I have three and a 12-year-old. And if any of you know me, um, our door is always open, and we always have other people's kids at our house. And if the kids are there when we eat dinner, they eat dinner with us. If the kids are there when I crack open my Bible for the Advent reading, because that's what I do, they join us. And it is 24 opportunities to invite them into God's word and to let Jesus do the work. And I take it. Do I do it perfectly? No. Do I miss days? Absolutely. Does my 12-year-old, mom, mom, we need to do the reading because he's motivated by candy at this point. So, use this with your gifts and your passions and invite others to join you. So, we have a lot. You can take more than one. I overbought. So, if you want to invite somebody to do this with you, grab them. They're on the end of the coffee bar. And if we run out, I have extras. And um, if you don't do chocolate, we do candy canes because we're all lactose intolerant. Um, I have printed copies of the calendar for you, okay? And the reading, the 24-day reading. So, do this. Step into it. Be intentional, okay? Um, one more thing. We have a meet and greet. If you are new to Genesis, newer, last six months, if you have not connected yet, I encourage you to stop by. 
When you walk out here, there's two doors right there with the green sign that says meet and greet. Nate will be there. I think there's some other people as well. Stop in. Introduce yourself. Get connected. Okay? So enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Grab this because Advent starts next Sunday. Make a plan. So have a great day, guys.